Father, I pray that you grant me power to speak your word with clarity and truthfulness and be able to speak to all who are here, especially the little one. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. The main idea of this psalm itself, Psalm 75, is this. We rejoice because God is a just judge. We rejoice because God is a just judge. If you do not remember all that I have shared, this is the main idea of the psalm. And the psalm has three things to tell us about God being a just judge. What is injustice? How is he a just judge? And what does it mean for us? What is injustice? How he is a just judge? And what does it mean for us? As an introduction to my message, I'd like to do a demonstration for you, okay? Which, uh, you know, originally I didn't plan at all. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, for the young gentleman there, I have a bottle of red wine here. How do I know it's red wine? Because the word here says red wine. So what's going to happen when I pour this red wine over this cup? An explosion! And those in the front row seat will all get wet. Nah, it's too far. But let's see, okay? Because it's going to be very dangerous. You cannot do it by yourself. You must ask your mommy and daddy to help you. So let's pour the red wine. You want to try some? Want to drink some? Looks like uh, ice cream soda, but it doesn't, look, doesn't smell nice. Well, <clears throat> this is a demonstration to show you that the foaming effect that happened. There were a lot of bubbles, and it caused the liquid to foam a lot. Well, this reminded me of the verse that we just read of how God has a cup of foaming wine. It is foaming because God is preparing this cup of drink to give as a punishment to all who are bad and wicked people. And it is not a nice drink. It is a drink that is filled with God's anger for all the bad things these wicked people have done. So you can see this uh, verse itself. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup with foaming wine, well mixed, the description will tell you that God is purposely concocting this cup itself. And he pours out from it, and all the wicked of the earth shall drain it down to the dregs. So there is a cup that God is preparing for the bad and the wicked to drink as their punishment. Which leads to my first point. What does injustice mean? Now, Young man, sorry I have to target you because there's no other kid to, <laughs> to target you. I'd like to ask, have you seen this word before? Injustice? I think my eyes cannot see clearly by now, mind. And do you know what it's its meaning? What does injustice mean? Well, does it mean that it is a new da -da -da -da, superhero and his name is called Injustice and his special power is doing bad things? So he comes out at night and do bad things. Is that what injustice is? Or maybe it's another meaning. It is the opposite of this word called this just in. 
And some of you catch ready? No, if you carry on, you'll see. This just in is what? Uh, the opposite of injustice. How do we know? We carry on clicking until we see all the arrows. Ah. Three more times. Ah. ah. Is that the word? Injustice means the opposite of injustice? No, it can't be, right? How about the last one? And I think the last one is correct. Injustice means another way to say not fair. Not fair. I hope you like stories, even the adults, because I would like to tell you one story about injustice. There was once lived two boys named okay, Justin and Just Out. <laughs> okay, good game. They live in a city called Just. Now, Justin was poor and Just Out was rich. Just Out had many things, toys, books, games, pets, lots of pets. He had many dogs, cats, fishes, birds, turtles, hamsters and rabbits. Do you have a pet? Your younger brother or sister not counted, nah? Okay. And so because he had so many, and the reason why he had so many pets was because he was quick to like something new. And just as quick, he grew bored of that pet itself and was soon looking for another new pet animal. But Justin had nothing but only one pet. And he had a hamster. Did you, do you have a hamster? Have you had a hamster, which means no longer around or oh, still around? Okay, good. Wow, okay, good. Okay, so Justin had a hamster and he called it Small Fry because he was so little but very cute. Justin took care of Small Fry. He fed it, cleaned it, played with it, and even snuggled with it. As for Small Fry, he liked Justin very much. He felt very safe with Justin that he even slept on a few occasions in Justin's pocket, because which was very nice and cozy. Small Fry was like a little brother that Justin never had. Now one day, Just Out saw Justin playing with Small Fry. Justin was laughing and having so much fun with Small Fry. Ha 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 ha! And the hamster. <laughs> okay. And this made Just Out feel something unexpected. Can you guess? Even though he had so many things and pets, he felt envious. Now, do you know what envy means? Envy means you want something that someone else had. Now, for those, I mean, for you, if you have gone for children church uh, primary, the talk which I gave, there was another definition I gave. Envy is about being unhappy at someone's happiness. And being happy at someone's unhappiness. Well, Justout was unhappy and looking at Justin's happiness, he couldn't take it. So he made a plan to take small fry from Justin. He went over to Justin and pretended to be nice and friendly. Hello, I've never seen you before. Wow, you look like you have a very special pet. May I touch him? Well, he asked if he could hold small fry, but Justin was not so sure at first and unwilling. But wanting to be nice, he let Just Out have his hamster. And do you know what happened? 
No, don't worry. This is a family survey, so it won't be so drastic. Lah. Okay? Just doubt, took small fry and ran back to his home. And Justin was in tears and tried to chase after him, but he was too slow and could not catch up. And so he lost small fry and never saw him again. Now, not just only the young man, but also for every one of us here, hearing what Just Out did, how did it make you feel? Did it make you feel angry, upset, or sad? If you had none of these feelings, means you didn't listen to what I was saying. Okay, never mind. Okay? But that is a good feeling because the reason why you felt this way because you and I heard something that was not right. It was not fair for Justin because Just Out did something very bad. He took something that was not his and Justin lost something that was very precious. So, that is what it means to be unfair or it means un- uh, injustice. So, what do you think should be made or should be done in order to make things right? Well, should small fry be returned to, to Justin? Yes. But do you realize that that's not all. It can't be. Just out also ought to be punished for doing something bad and causing so much pain and hurt to Justin, even though he returned the hamster. Do you remember earlier on when I shared about God preparing a cup, this cup that is foaming? Who is he preparing for? He is preparing for bad and wicked people to drink. He is preparing to pour this cup of anger or wrath upon bad people like just now. So you can imagine if we feel, can feel upset and angry when we see injustice and unfairness happening, how much more will God feel more upset and angrier? This is because God is a good and just God. And He's the only one who will one day decide who are bad and who are good and what they will receive for their actions. And this leads to my second point. How is God a just God? God is a just God by three, on three points. One is that He knows He's in control and knows everything. The second one will be God will judge and punish the wicked. And the third one is God will watch over the good and reward them. In Psalm 75, verse 2 to 3 and 6 to 7 are here, you will see that how God is being described. To be a just judge, you need to make good decisions. And you need two things to make good decisions. You need to be in control of all things and you need to know everything. Verse 2 and 3 tells us that God is in control of time and control of all that is happening around us. How do we know that? Because God says, at the set time that I appoint. There is a time in which God has already designated for a day that He would judge the wicked and punish them. Now let me ask, how many hours are there in a day? Oh, 24 hours, very good. Okay, next one. How many minutes are there in a day? You all don't count minutes, one? No? I, I, you view so fast, okay, never mind. <laughs> 1,440 minutes. And how many seconds? 86,400 seconds. Do you realize that every day we have this set amount of time given to us and we can decide how we want to do with that time? But no one can control time. What do I mean by that? I mean that we can't 
add, even if we wanted to. Like, if I would like to have one more hour a day, so I will have 25 hours, and everyone here will have 24 hours, will it work? No, it will not. Because God is in control of time, and time belongs to Him. Not only that, in verse 3 we read, When the earth totters and all its inhabitants, it is I who keeps steady its pillars. God is telling us that even if the ground does shake like an earthquake and everything is being shaken and moving, the people are also being moved, He is holding on to the pillars and the foundation of the earth so that the world does not fall apart. Now, if God can do this, if earthquake can come and go and things are still bad, God can do this, it also means that even if bad and wicked people exist and still continue to do their deeds, God is still in control. The wicked and bad people do not have their last words because He is in control of all things. And in verse 2, you will see that how God says that I will judge with equity, which is another way to say I will judge with fairness. To judge with fairness means that you have to know all things and everything and that no one will be able to say or accuse or protest against God on the day of judgment that that is not fair or you didn't know everything or you didn't know all things. Have you come across an incident whereby two boys are fighting and a teacher has to come in and intervene and stop the fight? So imagine if you are the teacher and you stop the fight, what will usually be your first question? Why are you fighting? Or who started it? Or who is at fault? But what happens if two of these boys say that the other person started first? You can't tell who is right and wrong, can you? You can't judge fairly and make a good decision. However, if there was an older student like a prefect who had observed what had happened, the prefect is able to tell you everything and then you will have all the knowledge to know who is right, who is wrong, and how you should decide to punish the one who was at fault and protect the one who was hurt. Well, God is the one who knows all things because He sees all things and He knows our thoughts and our feelings even right this moment. And because He sees and knows all things, He will have full and perfect knowledge and will be able to always make always make fair and right decision when He judges all. Which comes to the next point. God judges the bad and wicked people. And what will He do? He will punish them. Point number two. God says in Psalm 75, verse 4 to 7 and 10, look at this. He says, I say to the boastful, do not boast. And to the wicked, do not lift up your horn. And do not lift up your horn on high or speak with haughty neck. Verse 7, but it is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. All the horns of the wicked I will cut off. At several places in the psalm, we read how God will deal with the wicked very clearly. In fact, this is God speaking directly to His people, which is a very rare occasion in the psalms itself. It shows that the matter itself is so important and fundamental that God had to answer personally. He wants the wicked not to boast and to praise themselves as if they are so great. In the Old Testament, the horn is a symbol or mark of power. It could be an instrument, 
that you blow, or it could be an animal horn. What happened is that the wicked and bad people were telling themselves so confidently that they were so great and, and so boastful that even to everyone else and even dare to challenge God and say that, you know, how great and powerful I am. No one can stop me. So the wicked and bad people think they can get away with anything and do anything they want without get, being punished. And obviously, they don't think that God exists or is real. And they only trust in themselves because no one can stop them. You know, even this psalm was written thousands of years ago. This problem of wickedness, of pride and boastfulness still exists today. It doesn't take much difficulty for us to know there are certain individuals and leaders of the world that have present or project themselves to be such people. And so that's why this psalm continues to be relevant for us today. Well, God commands them to stop thinking and behaving like this because one day He will judge them and punish by cutting them down. Now, God purposely used the word cut in order to show how, no matter how great and big they may be like a tree, they will be cut down quickly and very in, in a moment, they will be coming down in a very loud thud. Do you know that the tallest tree ever to be cut down by a human is called the General Noble Tree? And it is a sequoia tree, which you can see is the tree next to the building. And it grew until it was 86.9 meters tall. Now, botanists, those who study about plants and trees, tell us that it likely took, can you guess? 2,000 to 3,000 years for that tree to grow to such a grand and impressive height. Only another tree that could be taller than the giant sequoia is the coast redwood. But do you know how many days it took for this tree to be brought down? It took two to 3,000 years to grow to such a height. It only took 13 days to bring it down, to be cut down like nothing. If you can see the picture clearly, you can see that that's the size or comparison of two individuals standing next to the width of the trunk of the tree itself. So just like the bad and wicked people, no matter how tall and proud they may be, God will one day cut them down like a tree. And not only that, He has a cup that is filled with His anger that He will make them drink as their punishment. And it will be filled with pain and suffering because of their wicked deeds which comes to our third point. God watches over the good and righteous people and He will reward them. In Psalm 75, verse 6 to 7 and 10, God says this, This is, For not the east and from the west and not from the wilderness comes lifting up, but it is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting one another. And in verse 10, God ends the psalm by Him speaking, all the horns of the wicked I will cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be lifted up. God is not only observing the bad and the wicked people, but He's also watching over the good and the righteous. He's looking out for His people. And even though the wicked and the bad seems to be doing good, uh, sorry, seems to, be, seems to be not coming to have any harm, they're doing well and getting away, and not getting any punishment, God is teaching His people that one day He will judge. 
and to encourage them to keep on staying good and righteous because He will one day also reward and lift them up. To lift up is a contrast to be cut down. To lift up means to be acknowledged and to be praised by God. And instead of being punished, they will be rewarded. This is what God will do for His people. So now that we know that God is a just judge who not only knows everything but is also in control of all things and that He will judge and punish the bad and wicked and watches over and rewards the good and the righteous, what does it mean for us? If we truly understand this psalm and understand what God is saying to us about Him being a just judge, three things will happen to us. First, you will be able to praise God. Second, you will be able to trust God. Third, you will seek to remain humble and good. If you are truly understand and believe that God is true and just, you will be like His people in Psalm 75 when they began. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near. We recount your wondrous deeds. And as the end, the psalmist himself says, in the commitment, but I will declare it forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. You will be able to praise God no matter what happens. Even if bad and wicked people exist, not only in the world, but in your sphere, in your own connections, in your workplace, in whatever it might be. And even though they may be continuing doing bad things, you can still praise God because you know one day, God who is now watching closely after them will judge and punish them. Secondly, you will be able to trust God because the psalmist spoke about how God has done wondrous deeds. God not only says that at His perfect timing, He will judge correctly and fairly, God in His past deeds has never failed, has never failed to keep His promises of all the wondrous deeds He has done for His people. So as we reach back to the past, right from what we read in Genesis all the way to now, and we can see again and again how God has answered His promises, kept His promises, how God has blessed in our own personal lives when we ask of His help. We can be sure with great certainty that God will one day also keep the promise that He will judge and punish the wicked and reward the good and righteous. And the third thing, if you understand God to be a just judge, and because you know that He's constantly watching over you and I in the public and in the private, you will seek to remain humble and not be upset and angry or be resentful when you are not lifted up by people. Because you know one day God will lift you up even greater than any other person can do. But at the same time, you will also continue to do good. And as a warning, you will not be tempted to follow the ways of the wicked because the ways of the wicked will be judged and punished. But for some of us here, my, you might ask me, Kenneth, even though I try to be humble and good, I know deep inside me, I'm bad and I've done wicked things. 
And God knows everything about me, and I can't hide. So not only am I scared, but I also feel like giving up doing good because it is useless. I am wicked. Well, let me tell you something important. All of us here, and for the young men, even your parents, for me, Pastor Kenneth, and all the adults, we all know that we deserve to drink this cup that God has prepared for the wicked because all of us here are wicked. All of us here are bad. We know we are not good and that something in us is broken and we can't fix it and make it right. But do you know that God loves us so much that He made a plan to save us? Because God is a just judge, someone must drink the cup that He has prepared, filled with His anger as punishment. So instead of giving to us, God gave to His Son, the one and true beloved Son of His, to drink the cup of anger in our place instead. We read in the Gospels how God was treated unfairly and was blamed, not God, but Jesus was treated unfairly and was blamed for many bad things He had not done. He was wrongly beaten, harmed when He did not deserve. And because His enemies wanted to kill Him, they told lies and Jesus was sentenced to death to die cruelly on the cross. And Jesus drank the cup of God's anger willingly so that you and I do not have to drink that cup. Jesus experienced injustice so that we will one day experience God's justice. Not only for our justification of our faith in Christ, but for all the bad things that everyone has done to you. God will give you justice. And our Heavenly Father will no longer look at us as bad and wicked people, but good and righteous. And let me tell you something that this truly touched my heart and blew me away. We now know that we don't drink the cup of wrath or anger as punishment. But now we still drink a cup. But it's called a cup of blessing. Every time when we do Holy Communion, when we partake of the bread and drink the cup, we are partaking and drinking this cup of blessing as we remember Christ's death on the cross for our sins. We are blessed. God rejoices in us. He is not angry with us. And because of that, we are now part of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the celebration of the Holy Communion is such a wonderful thing. We remind ourselves the cup that we drink now is a cup of blessing and of joy. Therefore, we can rejoice because God is a just judge. We can rejoice because our sins all have been forgiven. We can rejoice because our punishment, that cup, has been drunk by Jesus and we no longer fear God's wrath and punishment upon us. And we rejoice because the only cup that you and I drink 
is a cup of blessing filled with joy. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for this psalm that tells us that you are a good and just judge. And because of Christ, who loved us so much, he took that cup of wrath that was meant for us and took upon himself all the punishment of all our sins and the world that you and I will never need to experience it again. To know that now what we have is joy, is blessing, and a wonderful restored relationship with you. So I pray that you will help all my brothers and sisters here and the little ones here to just be so thankful and grateful and to know that we can praise you every day, even when we encounter injustice, because you are a just judge. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's children say, Amen. Very good. Wow, okay. And I had the time, Wilfred, to lead us on the last song.